Programming on Key Radio made possible in part through a generous donation from Victoria Station. Misty Atkinson talks about Victoria Station. We carry nautical, contemporary, and traditional type themes in our store in general, but we go into lots of different categories. When you come to Victoria Station, we want you to feel like you've escaped from the world. We want you to come and enjoy the sights, the sounds, the smells, and find that something special to introduce that into your own home. We are located just off the Case Road exit in Osage. Beach, and we're open seven days a week, 9.30 to 5.30. Join 89.3 The Key for the True History Professor program featuring Professor Jim Paisley. The national media now is kind of taking advantage of people. They hit you with a, you know, a big headline, and then they don't give you any information behind it. There's no context to it. Problem. And so what I'm going to try and do uh, you know, on a weekly basis with the show is to try and share with you what what were the events, what are the things behind the scenes here, what, what led to this. Professor Paisley takes a look back at history and how it relates to present-day events. But we take it on face value without having any knowledge of why. It, well, it's because the news told us. Join Professor Jim Paisley Thursdays and Saturdays at 6 a.m., 2 p.m., and 10 p.m. for the True History Professor Program on 89.3 The Key. with your key radio late TV sports update for this Tuesday. College Hoops last night saw the Mizzou Tigers lose at home to Kansas City. They're 1-1 one one on the season. They'll look to bounce back at home against Northern Illinois on Thursday. MSU Bears are 1-1. One one. They're at home tomorrow against Sam Houston. Well, the NFL week came to an end last night with the 49ers knocking off the Rams. How about that? Chiefs, of course, won Sunday night to move into first place in the division. They are 6-4 and four on the season, and they've got another tough one coming up Sunday afternoon as they take on the Red Hot Cowboys. And it'll be uh, Patrick Mahomes looking to stay on a roll as well. He comes off his third career game with over 400 yards passing and five touchdown passes in that win over the Ravens. Sunday night. New York Jets are bad this year, real bad. They're 2-7. and seven. They've allowed 175 points in their last four games, second most allowed in a four-game span in 51 years. They're also the first team to allow 45 points three times in four games in 55 years. They're pretty bad. On the ice, St. Louis Blues home to Phoenix tonight. The Blues in fourth place in the Central Division. College football, number one, Georgia, two, Alabama, three, Oregon, and four, Ohio State. All won last weekend. They look to stay in those top four spots in the college football playoff rankings. Washington has fired their head coach, Jimmy Lake, just his second season. He served a one-game suspension last week for a sideline incident where it was reported that he hit a player. Lake was 7-6 and six as head coach of the Huskies. Mizzou is 5-5 five and five on the season. They've got Florida this weekend. MSU Bears 7-3. and three. They will be on the road to play 0-9 Dixie State on Saturday. You can watch Lake TV's Classic Game of the Week tonight, 8.30. Again, that's on Lake TV. It's a high school classic game. Local teams from recent years on Lake TV. I'm Chris Schneider with your key radio Lake TV sports update for this Tuesday. 
Key Radio is financially supported in part by generous giving from Firefly Valley Farms, coffee roasters and beverage solutions. Firefly Valley Farms believes coffee is a big deal. It's their passion. They owned a coffee shop for 11 years and have been roasting coffee since 2006. When you order coffee, they freshly roast it and ship it directly to your home or office and you enjoy. Nothing compares to coffee this fresh. Firefly Valley Farms also takes pride in supporting growers that utilize ethical and sustainable processing practices. In addition to coffee, they have a family-owned and operated fruit orchard nestled at the bottom of Hudson Hollow on the banks of the Little Niangua River in Roach, Missouri. Firefly Valley Farms protects our land, rivers, our bees, and our bodies by using only organic pest management. Learn more online at fireflyvalleyfarms.com. Happy to be the Lake Sounding Board. Community radio for the Lake of the Ozarks. It's 89.3, the key. And a hearty high silver and good morning to you wherever you may be listening to us. It is the daily show on 89.3, keyradio.live, and of course 89.3, K-E-Y-K, Osage Beach, Missouri. It is another beautiful day at the Lake of the Ozarks. November the 16th, and it is 54 degrees, and by what I've been able to gather here this morning. We are in for a beautiful day. 76, maybe a few clouds moving through. 59 the low tonight as clouds increase. Chance of a shower tomorrow all the way up now to about 65 percent. 64 the high, 33 the expected low tomorrow. Then, uh, of course, we'll get back into uh, the more cooler temperatures on Thursday. 48 the high, 28 the low, plenty of sunshine. Partly cloudy on Friday, high 52, low 37. Then Saturday and Sunday, uh, not too bad, partly to mostly cloudy through the period. High of 59, low 42 on Saturday. Sunday's high of 56, a low of 31. Then for Monday, 42, the high 25, the low, but plenty of sunshine if that uh, helps. 47 on Tuesday with a low 36, and uh, again, a mostly sunny sky. 54 degrees with a few clouds, not too terribly bad this morning. A nice little drive into work, maybe a little uh, dew on the vehicle as you uh, head in. And, of course, as always, uh, watch out for some of that uh, fog in the low-lying areas. And definitely watch out for the kids on the way to the bus stop. Encountered some uh, kids this morning. You have to go nice and slow as, uh, you know, you are in Camdenton or maybe Osage Beach or Sunrise Beach, wherever you're at. 
and you know those kiddos are out there, and you got to watch out for them occasionally darting out in front of a vehicle. Yeah, it's kind of like when you come up to a herd of deer. That's right. You can't trust what they're going to do. A uh, herd of children, a herd of deer, pretty much the same thing. You're not uh, not quite sure, as Bill said, what you're going to do. How you doing, Bill Munhausen? I'm doing good today. Nice day in the Ozarks. Yes, it is. It's going to be a beautiful day. So I was telling you my story about going to the... Uh, Department of Motor Vehicles, the DMV, or uh, what do they call it? I guess it's uh, a branch of the Department of Revenue. Yes, and the virtual waiting list. The virtual waiting list, which uh, in theory is a great concept. You know, whoever came up with that idea thought, now people get tired of waiting around and they don't know how long they're going to have to wait, so what we'll do is we'll create something that uh, basically lets them know how long they will be waiting in line until uh, their turn is, is up. So I went in yesterday, had to renew my license. Uh, we won't get into the fact that it's, uh, <coughs> anyway. Well, um, yeah, right, right, right. yeah. Uh, so I went in, and I, the little kiosk there, when you go into the one up here on Cecil Street in Camdenton, uh, put in all the information they asked for, got the uh, text message back. 149 minutes was my wait time, which is a little over two and a half hours, right? Mm-hmm, lots of time. Yeah, so I figured I'd, I had errands to run, so I went, uh, got a few things done, got a couple of updates, and the last update I had that referred to my wait time said uh, there were two people in front of me. I had a 34-minute wait. Yeah, after okay. all, it's there for your convenience, right? Exactly. I thought, mm-hmm. hey, no problem. I'm picking up a prescription up here at the other place, uh, and then I'll make it in plenty of time. So as I'm leaving to uh, go down to uh, the License Bureau, I looked at the text message, the last text message I had uh, received, and it said, your name was called, uh, you weren't there, uh, looks like uh, your time has expired. It said, when you get there, walk up to one of the, uh, one of the uh, people working behind the counter and let them know that, you know, and I was, when I got there, I was only like five minutes late. But mm-hmm. really, you know, based on what they had and uh, what they were telling me, uh, I should have been on time. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine, no problem. And then I walked in the place, and the place is packed. And so about the last thing I'm going to do is, you know, step in. Uh, pardon me, ma'am. I mean, I, I know I'm five minutes late, and I know there are all these other people in the room that have waited as long or longer than I have. Do you mind if I uh, button line? So I'm going to go back today. I'll, I'll get it knocked out today. Mm-hmm, but yeah. I got all my errands taken care of yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, I went through the, the Q-less line uh, twice with that result. And the third time, I butted, butted in line. Did you? <laughs> I did. Good for you. I was quick, though. Good for you. Well. And even the people waiting, waiting there, they understood. They said, go ahead and butt in line. Yeah. Yeah. We've only been here, you know, maybe yeah. five, ten minutes longer than you. So it's not really a big deal. Right. Uh, one of the things I will say that we've been concentrating on because we want to be able to have that listener interaction, and that is our phone system. And so uh, back a bit, we just kind of tried and experimented with a few things on our own. Bill, who is the technical side of things here on uh, Key Radio. That's scary in itself. Well, no, I think you've done a fine <laughs> job. You've really, I mean, but seriously, I mean, you, 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 you just, it's like everything else. You uh, crawl before you can walk and walk before you can run. So I think we're at the point where we might be making the transition from walking to running. So we, uh, Bill found us a website, and, and, you know, with a lot of radio, there are so many things that you can do in radio right now that are simple things, and you don't need to have a big studio, and you don't need to have a big control board, and you don't need to have a bunch of other stuff. You can do a lot of, a lot of the things that you can 
do, you can do online. And so Bill found a website for us to use for our phone system, but we were still having a few issues, right? So Bill went and got the cord that we needed. We've got it all hooked up. We've tested the phone system. And the phone system works like a gem. Yeah, it's, so it's, it's not just having the right hardware and the right software. You also need these cables that have to be exactly the right cable. Right, right. And so Bill's taking the time to uh, get the right cables in here. And so we encourage our listeners to give us a call at 573-633-5395, 633-5395, and uh, be a part of the program. If you've had uh, an experience like myself or, or Bill at the uh, License Bureau um, or maybe you've had a unique experience. Uh, it, it's always fun to hear uh, some of the stories people people uh, have about working yeah. or, or dealing with the License Bureau. We like to share our suffering. Why not? Yeah. Misery loves company. That's right. 8.13 is our time. But give us a call this morning, 573-633-5395. We'd love to hear from you. You can talk about uh, the License Bureau, whatever you'd like to talk about. Maybe you've got uh, somebody's birthday or something. I don't care whatever you want to do. Uh, I will tell you that coming up uh, in our 9 o'clock hour, we hope to have a conversation this morning with Camden County Sheriff Tony Helms. Uh, he will uh, be here, and obviously some uh, some questions we're going to ask him regarding what happened in town in uh, Osage Beach last week in Camden County with the raid on Skelton Tactical and uh, the ATF showing up in force as they did. Uh, a lot of people now, I'm hearing more and more um, People saying that they feel as though maybe it was some sort of a statement that the ATF was trying to make. Camden County, the first county in Missouri, uh, adopting a Second Amendment Preservation Act that went on to the state level and was then uh, put into place by our governor, uh, Mike Parson. And he is, uh, of course, uh, happy to say, as we are here in Camden County, that uh, we are not going to be a part of any of the... uh, federal gun laws or anything along those lines. So we hope to have the sheriff in this morning, and we hope to be able to take your phone calls. Like I said, you can call us right now, 573-633-5395, and to get your thoughts in. 54 degrees at 814. What you got there, Bill? Oh, I have a statement from the uh, ATF website that describes how they're supposed to do things. Okay. And they have a, a, a provision 478.73. It says notice of revocation, suspension, or imposition of a civil fine. And according to their procedures, they're supposed to um, issue this notice and give the, it says, the director shall afford the licensee, the, the store, 15 days from the date of receipt of the notice in which to request a hearing prior to suspension or revocation of the license or imposition of a fine. So... It, it kind of flies in the face of what actually happened. According to their own procedures, they're supposed to give a notice if they think somebody is doing something wrong. They're supposed to allow 15 days for the law-abiding citizen to respond to the notice, and then the notice gets resolved. They don't just come in and uh, send a team of people with SWAT gear. <laughs> that isn't in their procedures. Well, I guess we'd have to go back and ask uh, Jim Skelton if that indeed happened, if he was... Uh, given an opportunity to uh, be addressed with what uh, they were coming to talk to him about and whether or not, uh, and I'll tell you, again, I called the ATF last week, and I still have yet to hear from them. Mm -hmm. And I I made uh, made it a point to reach out (laughs) to their media people at their Kansas City field office, and I've heard absolutely nothing back from them. Today's Tuesday, so don't know if the guy was on vacation and he's just going through his emails or what. 
Uh, at this point, you know, it's it, it's hard to hard to say whether or not uh, uh, they're getting back to anyone, and I would be interested to know, and I'll have to maybe talk to our friends over there at LakeExpo.com as to whether or not they've uh, tried to reach out to the ATF or any of the other news outlets in our area. Um, I was talking to um, my son's uncle on his mother's side on Sunday, and I said, did you hear anything about the raid at the Lake of the Ozarks? He said, absolutely not. And I, I said, well, there was a gun shop here at the Lake of the Ozarks that was raided by the ATF. I said, uh, did you hear anything about it in the news up there in St. Louis? No. I talked to my mom on Sunday. Uh, I asked her about it. She said no. She heard about somebody getting shot and killed in Columbia. I said, did you hear anything at all about the raid on uh, the gun shop in Osage Beach by the ATF? She said no. I will, on the other end of things, say, however, that there was a gentleman. He's got a uh, YouTube uh, video that he puts together. It's called Lead Therapy. Lead, L-E-A-D, therapy. I don't think it's lead therapy. I think it's lead therapy because they're talking about firearms. And he used a portion of a video uh, that I was in. I did an interview on Lake TV with Ike Skelton last week. And um, on our YouTube channel, we have had over 45,000 hits. In his particular instance, he has had... Uh, almost 417,000 hits. Mm-hmm. Yes. So people out there are learning about it, but I don't know if... And, and, and I would think in an instance like this, Bill, I would think your media would be all over it. I, I, I would think that they'd want to get something like that out to the general public so that all the people that think guns are bad would say, well, that's that's putting the screws to somebody right there. Yeah, you would think they'd be proud of it, but uh, maybe they realize there'd be a, a, a certain amount of kickback or a lashback from it too well look what's happening right now with the kyle rittenhouse trial right and and what a great what a great uh, photograph that they showed of kyle rittenhouse holding a firearm and where his finger was and where the uh, prosecuting attorney's finger was when he was holding the firearm of an ar-15 oh, I, I didn't see that photo it's rittenhouse had his alongside of the trigger well like the he's prosecuting to. attorney had his finger in the trigger well ah He's probably never held one of those properly. Probably not. We, we hope not anyway. You know, and, and I would think, wouldn't it make sense to bring somebody in uh, to talk about an AR-15 that's actually used an AR-15? Uh-huh. Or somebody to coach him, at least, and not put his finger there. Coach him, or you put, like, an expert on the stand or something uh-huh. like that, if, if, if you're talking about the AR-15 in particular. 818 is our time. Today is in, uh, International Day for Tolerance. I almost said it's Intolerance Day. <laughs> no, it's International Day for Tolerance. Uh-huh. National Entrepreneur's Day. Radical inventions by brilliant minds have shaped our lives today, not to mention our future. Today is also National Button Day. I thought we, uh, I remember us celebrating that earlier on for some strange mm. reason. I don't know why. Okay. And here's a day that uh, I think most of us can agree with National Fast Food Day. Yeah. My shirt doesn't have buttons. It's got snaps. There you go. <laughs> it must be for old guys. You know, I can't handle the buttons. I don't know. Snaps, that sounds like a good way to do things. Uh-huh. Snaps for your shirt, snaps for your yeah. pants. Unless you're, uh, you know, pushing the, pushing the limit on that waistline, <laughs> and that snap on those pants might, uh, might prove to be a bit of a problem. Uh-huh. Right? You might yep. be having to snap it a lot. Right. 819, so a National Fast Food Day. I don't know uh, who enjoys... Fast food more than myself. I, I, there's, you know, there's certain things. There have been different places that I found here in the state of Missouri that are kind of off the beaten path 
in terms of, uh, you know, like chain fast food places, which mm-hmm. I love those too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a good friend of the Whopper. Two double Whoppers with cheese, no pickle. That's a favorite. <laughs> I used when I was younger, I could could put two double cheese, two Whoppers, uh, uh, two Whoppers with cheese, no pickle. I could uh, two double Whoppers with cheese, no pickle. I could put those away, no problem. Mm-hmm. Can't do it as much these days. And then when I was living in Sedalia for a while, I found this place called Griff's. Are you familiar with Griff's? I don't, I don't know. I don't know Griff's. Griff's was a. I don't know Twenty One <laughs> Jump Street either. Well, that's all right. <laughs> Griff's, which is no longer open up there in Sedalia, was a burger joint. And they made some great burgers. You can get like a single, a double, a triple, whatever. And so every so often I would get those. And my boss, who I worked for in Sedalia, told me, whatever you do, do not throw the bag that the burgers came in away in the, in the station, in the radio station. Uh-huh. Put it in the dumpster outside. Oh, it's, it's, it's fragrant. Huh? Very pungent aroma with uh-huh. those onions. Yep. And so she could always tell when I threw the bag away in the radio station and not put it, you know, I didn't put it in the dumpster. So uh-huh. what are you going to do there? Um, except get warned every time you do it and then finally threatened with your job. <laughs> 821, I don't know, you have a you have a great, is, is there a fast food place that you enjoy, you and the missus? You like getting out to a particular place when you, you know, I, as we get older, we're supposed to be eating healthier. But uh, like everything else, it's okay to indulge once in a while. Yeah, I guess I'm probably the fast food person in the family. We yeah. we generally don't go fast fooding. I but I do that cuz sometimes I'm left on my own. When you sneak away yeah. and, and you get the opportunity, uh-huh. wh- got, where you go? Got to go out on business, right? You right. Know? <laughs> what's what's your what's your go-to? Uh, it's getting harder uh in the last couple of years I almost don't do it at all cuz fast food has gotten to be just as expensive as a restaurant. Man. Have you noticed that? Yes, sir. It's crazy. Absolutely. I mean, I I grew up when when McDonald's hamburgers were like four for a dollar, and uh, but gosh, they're like a crazy amount now. It's like you spend five dollars on a basic sandwich. Do places even have a dollar menu anymore? Yes, it's kind of snuck up to a dollar and a quarter, and it tends to be a tiny thing. Yeah, dollar fifty, kind of, sort of a dollar. French fries are still a dollar, I think. Are they? Maybe. <laughs> Somewhere, <fries>. you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just, uh, it's got to the point where it's kind of hard to justify when you have to spend $5 for a burger at a fast food place. Right, right. For me, at least, you know. 822. So the uh, infrastructure bill was signed by the president yesterday. As promised, as delivered, $1.2 trillion. Missouri is going to be seeing its share of that money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and they're really, and then they're going to figure, try to figure out how to spend it. That uh, seems to be the problem whenever they get money. I thought I heard somewhere in the neighborhood of one hundred million dollars is going to broadband, because there are some three hundred and thirty thousand uh, residents throughout the state of Missouri that don't have uh, decent access to the interweb. Yeah, and and so much so much of that takes years to do. Yeah, so it's kind of emergency money spent slowly. You know, uh, I know uh, I just, well, Dave Maupin was talking about, uh, was it Como Electric came out and did a presentation at the commission meeting. Right. And they were talking about putting down fiber optic, and fiber optic has to be generally buried in the ground or hung from cables, and and there's just a a whole lot of work and a whole lot of expense in doing it. So they've been kind of gradually doing a neighborhood at a time uh, as they moved into Camden County, but... 
spending a lot of money at once. They have to do a whole lot of work. Yes, in this uh, bipartisan ceremony, uh, $1.2 trillion, folks. And what do we know about the $1.2 trillion? Well, we know what they're telling us. Um, You have a list, I bet. Oh, Kind of a list? Something, Something close to that. Something like a list. I don't have it all yet, but I'm, I'm no, still... Nobody has it all yet. Yeah. <laughs> Biden signed the bill in front of the White House while flanked by members of both parties in an effort to portray the bill to the American people as a bipartisan effort. Roy Blunt was part of the bipartisan effort. Mm-hmm. And so I, I look at Roy now as, as more of an obstacle for the state of Missouri and an obstacle for the United States than I do as, as, as anyone who's truly out to help the American people and, and, and more importantly, his constituents back here in the state of Missouri. Well, I, I talked about that a little bit in my, my current uh, podcast, that there is an old-style old politician that goes to D.C., and they see their main role as how much money they can bring back from D.C. to their home state. Right. And, and it's, it's an understandable orientation, but I think modern uh, people who go to D.C. probably see that there's more of a need for reform than for just getting your bucks. Yeah. Yeah, at least we hope so. That's, that's got to be what happens, because D.C. is willing to spend way more money than they have, and it puts all of us and our grandkids at great risk. Yeah, they don't care, and, 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 and you know, Roy's going to be set for life when, when he's done, and he will go on his merry way to do whatever he wants to do. More than likely, we'll probably end up seeing him on some of the news networks as a guest commentator, uh, as they have so many of these folks like uh, Claire McCaskill did. I know she's probably on CNN quite a bit. Yeah, I, I do remember that. She was never very good at it. She, I mean, you have to have the right personality to be a commentator. I'm still waiting uh, on the outcome of the Rittenhouse trial so that I can find out where this judge is going to end up when this is all said and done. If this guy's going to end up with his own uh, reality show or <laughs> something like that. Because uh-huh. this guy, he's been really outspoken in terms of judges. And I know there are certain cases where the judge's name has come into play, maybe a little more so than usual. Lance Ito comes to mind. 826. Hmm. Yeah, I don't I don't know whether that judge is on the side of the prosecutor and just trying to help him or whether he's more of a conservative judge who's frustrated by the prosecutor, but whatever it is, yeah. he's he's he's, yeah. he's showing some emotion more so than you normally expect from an impartial judge. Anyway, back to the uh, infrastructure bill, the 1.2 trillion dollar measure originally passed the Senate in August with the support of all 50 Democrats and 19 Republicans, including Senators Mitch McConnell, Lindsey Graham, and wow. Mitt Romney. So Amazing. remember those names, folks. Remember that. You know, remember that when you're out there buying stuff and you're uh, looking at gas prices and all of these other things. Remember those names because this all kind of transitions and flows right back into uh, your pocketbooks. Yep, and they're, they're all, all people you kind of associate with not really... Uh, backing the former president, so yeah, it makes you wonder whose side they're on. Despite uh, failing to win moderate support for the budget at the meeting, the House considered the infrastructure bill, and it proved it the uh, same day by a vote of 228 to 206. They say here the bill is a much-needed win for the president ahead of, of the 2022 midterms, coming on the back of a significant defeat in Virginia's gubernatorial race and uh, an unexpectedly poor showing in the blue 
stronghold of New Jersey and declining poll numbers for both the president and congressional Democrats. Well, I think what happened is you sent a clear and very clear message to voters that you don't care. That despite what it is that uh, the voters, the people of this uh, great country want, you're going to kind of be on your own little journey to do whatever you want. Yeah, I think don't caring is pretty much a bipartisan thing. Well, You know, it's like, uh, you know, the truth is that both parties really want to spend more money than they have. They, they are united in that, so they see a chance to do an infrastructure bill, and it just sounds good to them. I'd be interested to hear the conversation or be a fly on the wall in the room between, let's say, for example, Josh Hawley and Roy Blunt, how they, how they discussed it. You know, if, if Roy was pushing Josh, you know, you need to get on board with this. <laughs> you really need to get on board with this. You know, yeah. you, you need to play ball. You got to think about your retirement, you know. Well, you know, well, just drive up to the University of Missouri and look at the building that I, I mentioned to you yester, uh-huh. yesterday, the... Uh-huh. Roy Blunt, next gen, whatever <laughs> it's 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 part of the uh, the uh, sounds a little oxymoronish, does I don't know, like, it's like anyway. jumbo shrimp. Yeah, uh, the next uh, the Roy Blunt next gen. It's it's part of their medical uh, facilities up there on the university campus. But I just you know I, I saw that the other day and I thought you've got to be kidding me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah. Um, Obviously, there are people out there that feel that Roy Blunt has done a lot for the state of Missouri. I guess most of those people are probably Democrats. Yeah, or a class of Republicans. I think they're named after an African animal. R-I-N-O? Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, well, you know, I, I, it, and, and I, I, I read an email from a friend of mine that said, don't count the rhinos out just because we don't always believe the way that, you know, Republicans want us to believe, or true conservatives want us to believe, that doesn't make us bad people. Mm-hmm. 8.30 is our time. Let's uh, jump into a quick information break. We'll have some sports with Chris Schneider at the uh, bottom of the hour. As we do, Chris with Lake TV getting us updated, acclimated, and ready for uh, what's uh, what's happened and what's going to happen in the world of sports on Key Radio. Programming on Key Radio made possible in part through a generous donation from Victoria Station. Misty Atkinson talks about Victoria Station. We carry nautical, contemporary, and traditional type themes in our store in general, but we go into lots of different categories. When you come to Victoria Station, we want you to feel like you've escaped from the world. We want you to come and enjoy the sights, the sounds, the smells, and find that something special to introduce that into your own home. We are located just off the Case Road exit in Osage Beach, and we're open seven days a week, 9.30 to 5.30. Join 89.3 The Key for the True History Professor program featuring Professor Jim Paisley. The national media now is kind of taking advantage of people. They hit you with a, you know, a big headline, and then they don't give you any information behind it. There's no context to it. Problem. And so what I'm going to try and do, uh, you know, on a weekly basis with the show is to try and share with you what, what were the events, what are the things behind the scenes here, what what led to this. Professor Paisley takes a look back at history and how it relates to present day events. But we take it on face value without having any knowledge of why it well it's because the news told us join professor jim paisley thursdays and saturdays at 6 a.m 2 p.m and 10 p.m for the true history professor program on 89.3 the key
Chris Schneider with your key radio Lake TV sports update for this Tuesday. College Hoops last night saw the Mizzou Tigers lose at home to Kansas City. They're 1-1 one one on the season. They'll look to bounce back at home against Northern Illinois on Thursday. MSU Bears are 1-1. One one. They're at home tomorrow against Sam Houston. Well, the NFL week came to an end last night with the 49ers knocking off the Rams. How about that? Chiefs, of course, won Sunday night to move into first place in the division. They are 6-4 and four on the season, and they've got another tough one coming up Sunday afternoon as they take on the Red Hot Cowboys. And it'll be uh, Patrick Mahomes looking to stay on a roll as well. He comes off his third career game with over 400 yards passing and five touchdown passes in that win over the Rams. Sunday night. New York Jets are bad this year, real bad. They're 2-7. and seven. They've allowed 175 points in their last four games, second most allowed in a four-game span in 51 years. They're also the first team to allow 45 points three times in four games in 55 years. They're pretty bad. On the ice, St. Louis Blues home to Phoenix tonight. The Blues in fourth place in the Central Division. College football, number one, Georgia, two, Alabama, three, Oregon, and four, Ohio State. All won last weekend. They look to stay in those top four spots in the college football playoff rankings. Washington has fired their head coach, Jimmy Lake, just his second season. He served a one-game suspension last week for a sideline incident where it was reported that he hit a player. Lake was 7-6 and six as head coach of the Huskies. Mizzou is 5-5 five and five on the season. They've got Florida this weekend. MSU Bears 7-3. and three. They will be on the road to play 0-9 Dixie State on Saturday. You can watch Lake TV's classic game of the week tonight, 8.30. Again, that's on Lake TV. It's a high school classic game. Local teams from recent years on Lake TV. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Tuesday. Key Radio is financially supported in part by generous giving from Firefly Valley Farms, coffee roasters and beverage solutions. Firefly Valley Farms believes coffee is a big deal. It's their passion. They owned a coffee shop for 11 years and have been roasting coffee since 2006. When you order coffee, they freshly roast it and ship it directly to your home or office and you enjoy. Nothing compares to coffee this fresh. Firefly Valley Farms also takes pride in supporting growers that utilize ethical and sustainable processing practices. In addition to coffee, they have a family-owned and operated fruit orchard nestled at the bottom of Hudson Hollow on the banks of the Little Niangua River in Roach, Missouri. Firefly Valley Farms protects our land, rivers, our bees, and our bodies by using only organic pest management. Learn more online at fireflyvalleyfarms.com. We're happy to be the Lake Sounding Board community radio for the lake of the ozarks it's 89.3 the key and it's great to have you back with us on our uh, number one the backside of our number one on the daily show here on 89.3 the key heard on uh, the interweb at uh, keyradio.live 835 is our time 54 degrees is where we are let me double check on that temperature i think we're uh, probably close to that and yes we are 76 degrees, the expected high today. I really wish I could uh, get out and enjoy it a little bit more, but I found my way back into a head cold. So, But I do plan on taking a little bit better care of myself this time than I did with the first one. I don't 
It hasn't moved into the chest yet, so we're hoping to cut it off at the knees. 76, the expected high today. Partly cloudy sky. Partly cloudy early with increasing clouds tonight, a low of 59. Showers possible tomorrow, about a 65% chance. With a high of 64, a low of 33. 48 and 28, the high and low respectively uh, on Thursday. Respectable, I don't know if that's respectable or not, but to me, it's probably commonplace for this time. Uh, plenty of sunshine as well. Uh, Friday's high of 52, a low 37 with a partly cloudy sky. Saturday's high of 59, a low of 42 and a partly cloudy sky. Clouds and 56 on Sunday with a low of 31. Monday, sunny and 42 with a low of 25 a week from today. We'll look for a mostly sunny sky, a high of 47 and a low of 36 degrees. So, uh, the plants, if you didn't bring them in, I would imagine uh, it's probably just a good idea to say the heck with it at this point. Yeah, that's that's about what they get. But I am trying to get out today. Um, it's uh, I don't really like working outside when it gets down in the 40s and 30s and all that kind of stuff. And there's some things I have to get done outside. So I always look for that one occasional nice, sunny, warm day. And then today might be the last for a little while. Well, not so much. Uh, not uh, It's not going to... I know you think 50 is okay. And <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll still have the sun, Bill. We just won't have the uh, yeah. We just won't have the uh, the warm temperatures. The warm temperatures, yeah. yeah, yeah. My, you know, so much of the stuff I do out, like I have to put a light outside, and you can't do that with gloves on. So you have to do it with bare fingers. And what kind of a light are you talking about? Um, I need a. We have um, an LOZ gaming group that has opened a lounge downstairs, and there is there are some wires hanging out of the um, out of a. Uh, a deck that could have a light fixture on it that would 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 make some light for their door. Sure. Uh, so it'd be nice to put that up. Very good. Well, hopefully that all works out for you. I'm I'm confident in, based on your ability that the things that I've seen in the past that uh, you're going to get it knocked out. Uh huh. So we talked about the 1.2 trillion dollar infrastructure bill. Uh, there's actually a 1.75 trillion dollar package that uh, they're looking at which according to the Congressional Budget Office, just, just so you know these sorts of things, according to the Congressional Budget Office, will actually cost $2.4 trillion, and that uh, <laughs> remains in limbo. So the one point, because they, they talked about the total for this thing being somewhere in the neighborhood of about $3.5 to $3.6 trillion, and that's both of the packages, this initial $1.2 trillion, and then another two point. Uh, no, the one four on top of it. One point seven five that counts as two point two four. Yeah, and so it's a Washington thing. Let's let's <laughs> let's yeah let's let's take uh, one point two trillion, run it past the Congressional Budget Office and see how much it's uh, really going to cost us. Right. Yeah. So I guess maybe the Democrats are kind of holding off because they don't want to blast us too terribly much. Um, the Biden administration, what have you? But. Uh, yeah, I just sent somebody an email about this because I, I heard that the the spending bill had already passed the House and was going on to the president to sign, but I guess I was talking about the wrong spending bill. There's yet another one. Yes, there there's another one there. Kind of, but it's kind of in limbo. Right. They're all in limbo for a while until enough, de uh, enough Republicans get on board to pass it. Well, we'll just have to wait and see how it all plays out. Yeah. We're, we're in for it with this one, so... Let's see where the uh, the dust settles on this 1.2 trillion, 
And if indeed people end up with the broadband that they're supposed to get, that our roads and bridges are in better condition, um, you know, the Missouri Department of Transportation has got to be licking their chops knowing that uh, they're kind of getting on, getting it on both ends. And so that should mean great things for roads, bridges, infrastructure in general here in the state of Missouri. Yeah, I have some details of the new bill. The new bill is um, half a trillion dollars for the Green New Deal programs. Of course. And, you know, Green New Deal is something we laughed about two years ago. Nobody would ever do the Green New Deal, right? Well, they've been, they've yeah. been chipping away. And then almost half a, half a trillion dollars for universal government-controlled pre-K and child care. So the federal government is going to get into the child care business. And, uh, yeah, $150 billion for new public housing, 15% corporate minimum tax, um, additional 5 to 8% tax on incomes over 10 M, is that $10 million? I guess I don't have to worry about that one. And uh, a tax break for wealthy taxpayers in high-tax states. That sounds like the opposite. But I guess they don't really need taxes to spend this because they can just uh, print more money. So anyhow, what a mess. It is, it is definitely a mess. Right. Cloth masks are of little use against COVID-19, according to a recently published analysis. Weren't they telling us, uh, telling us this months ago? Yeah, months and months ago. Federal health authorities and a slew of jurisdictions require or recommend wearing masks as a way to limit the spread of the virus that causes COVID-19. Now this, I'm just making sure I'm seeing this. Um, I look for the date on the story, and the date of this particular story is yesterday, November 15, 2021, but... A trio of researchers poured over the studies often cited by the officials and found they were poorly designed and offered scant evidence supporting mask usage. There are still well, okay, let's 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 look at this. Based on what we've been told about wearing masks, we should have been wearing them a long time ago. So, and some people were. Mm-hmm, yeah. You know, we should have been wearing these things uh, anytime we leave the house, according to some of the original information that we were given here. And now we're being told that it doesn't work. Well, it depends on what school of thought you buy into. Mm-hmm. Many of the studies are observational, opening them up to uh, co- confounding variables. The researchers said in their analysis, which was published on November 8th by the Cato Institute, of 16 randomized controlled trials comparing mask effectiveness to controls with no masks, 14 failed to find a statistically significant benefit, the researcher said, and of 16 quantitative meta-analysis, half showed weak evidence of mask effectiveness while the others were equivocal or critical as to whether evidence supports a public recommendation of masks. Now, see, here's the thing. Whether you're a proponent of the mask or you're not, the, the whole issue I have about them is the way that people wear them. If you are in a situation where you are required by your employer to wear a mask, then for no reason should you be taking that mask off at all. You should keep your nose, you should keep your mouth covered at all times, regardless. But as we've seen, and as I continue to see, people that are being required to wear masks are not either, either not wearing them properly or not wearing them at all. 
Well, they're not required to wear them properly. They're just required to wear them. Oh, okay. So, so it's so I, I'm reading into this. I'm so sorry. <laughs> You're trying to make sense of it. You're trying to make it like there must be a reason, but actually they're just required to wear a mask. And and when they're working hard, I, I mean, I've seen this in in every store I go to. When somebody is exerting themselves, they pull it down so that they they can breathe through their nose. At sure, least. sure. Because they need oxygen. I get it. They need oxygen, right? I get it. Yes. And if these things are so darn effective, you know, uh, and they're keeping the germs away from us, well, when we're done with them, we should be we should be disposing of them properly. And there should be a hazardous waste area. I just think it makes sense. I right. mean, I, I don't, you know, if you're going to do it, then do it. But if you're going to, uh, I can't use that word on. And I guess you, you shouldn't use those designer cloth masks because they they really don't work. But they have pretty pictures on them. Well, and I would say that the, the government, in their infinite wisdom here, is allowing these companies to go out and sell whatever the heck they want. And uh, I'm sure that kind of uh, that enters into the overall effectiveness of a mask. Mm-hmm. Yep. So if you're wearing the mask, you should be wearing the right type of mask. You shouldn't be wearing something that you know you saw because it. And of course, now they've got that little piece, that, that little uh, piece that you can put under the mask that pulls the mask, keeps it away from your face, so uh-huh. you can breathe easier. Right. Shouldn't we have had that early on if that's supposed to work and be effective? I notice some of the surgical masks have that kind of built in. You can, they're kind of pointy, pointy masks. I see. Yeah. Probably for that very reason. Probably. Ask any any doctor, any physician who has to wear a mask. Let's say in the operating room. Uh, they wore the cotton and cloth masks to uh, to cover their faces. Who knows? But uh, apparently now, once again, there's li- little evidence supporting the use of cloth masks to limit the spread of the coronavirus. The coronavirus here, but it, but that's the thing. See, it's a, they're talking about the cloth mask. Mm-hmm. They're not talking about the mask that apparently you're supposed to have. Who knows? And wear properly. And wear properly. <laughs> and wear once and throw away. All bets are off at this point, yeah. Bill. I mean, seriously, right. all yep. bets are off. You just really can't uh, You can't put a whole lot of stock in it, I think, anymore, you know? <laughs> I, I, th- I think that people have noticed that for a long time. And, you know, it always amazes me that the people who go along with it, even though it's kind of well known that none of it is right. Right. Yeah. Let me ask you another question. Uh oh. Facebook jail. Tell me about Facebook jails. Have you ever been in Facebook jail? You said that you've had some of your things taken down before. Yeah, they didn't actually jail me. They, uh, what did what would you call that? They they confiscated my weapons. <laughs> there you go. And, and you, I'll and, and I'll never, never get, get them, them back. back. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't been to jail yet. I. I think jail means that you can't even, does that mean you can't even log in? I guess. I haven't, I haven't nobody's actually explained Facebook jail, but I, I've had things taken down. So. Well, I will say that uh, I think, uh, you know, a large part of this Facebook jail thing is, is, is uh, well, you're, you're obviously. It's censorship. Censorship, it's yes. Yeah, censorship. censorship. Denying people the uh, the right to express yeah. themselves, their the, First the, Amendment. The government doesn't have to do this stuff. We'll get private enterprise to do it, private corporations. 
I'm looking at one of these machines that uh, Dave Moffin described to us, one of these ultraviolet light machines that they're going to put in yeah. these cool these thing. rooms to uh, to kill the germs and all uh -huh. that stuff. It's a, like a skinny ro ro Robbie the Robot. Very skinny Robbie the Robot. A very skinny Robbie the Robot. Well, when you were talking about Robbie the Robot, I was thinking that... Well, it's got little arms. The one they showed us had arms that you could like grab. This, they're, yeah. they're out there, kind of like handles so you could pick the thing up or or guided around it's it's very um it has a low center of gravity so it doesn't tip over as easily as it looks and how much do they want for these things i think they were like forty thousand dollars a piece really yeah and they wanted to buy seven of them yeah but yeah I'm they're they're um you know, part of their rationale is they have three buildings that they wanted to use them in, and that this way they ha wouldn't have to move it from one building to another. And they have a smaller version that's apparently nine thousand dollars. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. They can use it in cars. So maybe you put this thing in and around, uh, you know, like the jail. After mm -hmm. you have people go through the jail, uh, you use it in courtrooms where you have different folks yeah. coming and going and stuff like that. They were kind of skeptical of the courtroom use because uh, courtrooms tend to have, you know, curtains on the windows and, right. and a lot of wood and all of those things kind of um, create pockets that you can't get to with a light machine. A UV disinfecting machine, and the mm -hmm. name of the company is Command Sourcing. Mm -hmm. yep. It looked like a Sentinel tanning machine that had gone rogue. Right. That's the way Dave described it. It's an extreme tanning machine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll get a heck of a tan for that. <laughs> yeah. According to uh, Darren Ward, who was the salesperson for the company, uh, as Dave says, he uh, wheeled in the contraption in front of uh, the room to show <laughs> everyone. Uh -huh. uh, the machine emits UVC light, which can kill pathogens. It kills everything in the air and on surfaces yeah. that the light can reach. Pathogens are formerly the... Formerly living things. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's like when the, sh the, the snake sheds his skin. Uh -huh. That's his pathogen, right? Uh, yeah. Or something like that. It can disinfect a 1,000 square foot room in seven minutes. For larger rooms, you need to move it to different locations in the room to maximize coverage, but you have to make sure it's turned off because human beings aren't supposed to be exposed to it. Right. Yeah. They, they'll be treated like pathogens. Yeah. <laughs> You'll, you'll, you'll be a pathogen once it's all said and done. I just think these things look uh, a little interesting, and I'd be interested to get uh, a take on, uh, you know, if, uh, if the county's really interested in getting one or two mm -hmm. or three at this point. Yeah. Maybe that's a question we can talk to uh, Sheriff Helms about. Yeah, when, it when actually, yeah, it actually is useful technology. They put them in um, HVAC systems. So that as the air passes through, the UV light kills whatever pathogens are in the air. So those those are those are in use now in a lot of commercial buildings. It's interesting. Yeah. Interesting how somebody figured out a way to use ultraviolet light mm -hmm. to kill germs yeah. or, or the pathogens. It's I'm what sorry. it's what the sun does. That's yeah. why they recommend g getting out in sunlight when you we have uh, uh, pandemic type events. Is the sun kills. The the pathogens that cause that. But we were all supposed to stay in the house. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's because that's what the government says, and they don't necessarily have the uh, right idea. You better stay in that house. Don't yeah. let me catch you out there running around outside of that house. <laughs> yeah. Don't you dare think you're going to do anything fun and exciting or try to enjoy your life 
unless we say it's okay. Mm-hmm. That's where your that's where your social score comes into play. If you've done what they tell you to do, then you will be given, you know, you'll you'll be given like uh, uh, I don't know if it'll be like a maybe maybe a little card or something mm-hmm. with, that it says it's okay for you to be outside or it's okay for you to be in your car driving around. But if you're bad, then you won't get those things. Somebody is coming in. There he is. Our guest in the 9 o'clock hour, Camden County Sheriff Tony Helms. Uh-huh. How are you, sir? Good to see you. We are uh, getting ready for the top of the hour. As a matter of fact, we will uh, jump into our quick little information block because we are uh, without news this morning. It happens once in a while. But uh, our friends at uh, Lake Expo will be back here tomorrow to definitely uh, enlighten us with uh, what's been going on around the area. Yeah, the truth is, some days there is no news. Some, some days no news is good news. Yeah. That's what they say. No news is good mm-hmm. news. <laughs> but that's definitely how, uh, how it goes. Um, also, you know, we were talking a little bit about masks. Uh, it seems that more and more employees of companies that are re- requiring a vaccination mm-hmm. are uh, putting their foot down. And that's nice to see. What, what do you mean putting their foot down? Saying they're not going to get vaccinated. Oh, the, the employees, yeah. Okay. And uh, there are a number. Now, see, here's what I thought, and, and I don't know how this works in the state of Missouri. Um, the governor wanted to reach out to federal employees and protect them. Mm-hmm. And uh, here back when all of this kind of first started, uh, and this vaccination uh, thing was going around and the vaccine came out, people were saying that uh, the companies that produced the vaccine – they were going to be free of any liability. Liability, uh-huh. and then didn't the state of Missouri also pass something uh, along the lines of you know if there are COVID-related cases, COVID-related lawsuits, mm-hmm. we're shooting those down too. And S- I th- SB fifty-one. Yeah, it, it's one of those uh, well-meaning but badly car- crafted laws. Yeah, because it says you don't have any liability as long as you force as long as you use all the procedures required by the CDC. So right. it's, it's kind of a conformity law. And if you don't do something that the CDC requires, then you're liable. So so as long as you cover all your bases with them, everything's fine. Right. N- and nobody can sue you. Nobody can drag you into court. Mm-hmm, correct, yes. What if there's any loopholes? It's, uh, and I'm sure there's probably been people, there are, you know, it's like uh, when you hear those uh, commercials on the radio or you see them on TV, if you've taken the drug such and such, you may mm-hmm. have, uh, you know, you might have the right to uh, come after the company that manufactured it. Well, you know, those people have done the research because they know that there is money to be made there. Mm-hmm. So uh, I wonder if any of the uh, lawyers, attorneys, folks out there have been looking at things like this saying, well, maybe there's a loophole in there somewhere where we can really stick it to these people anyway. I wonder. I wonder. So. But, you know, since the vaccine was was um, created kind of in an emergency mode, right. it's understandable that they'd want to have protections because they haven't tested it. So they don't really know what might happen to you. What about um, this kid's vaccine that's coming out? Now, now I know, who was it, Matthew McConaughey was strongly against having his ch- child or children vaccinated because mm-hmm. he said there wasn't enough testing done. Sure, and there's... Considering that they have a long life ahead of them, the the risk is 
exponentially greater Much than it greater. is for somebody yeah. like me. He said he's got uh, his mom's like 90 years old. Uh-huh. And so uh, he's been vaccinated. His wife's been vaccinated, but they haven't gotten their kids vaccinated. Right. Yep. And I guess with good reason. And and as a parent, you know, do you feel like getting vaccinated is the right step for you? But are you willing to get your children vaccinated? And will it come down to uh, a situation, say, in uh, in the kids' school? Um, yeah, many schools are opening vaccination clinics. Yes. So it kind of runs contrary to the parent having a, a say about what they want to do with their own child. Right. Well, you know, it, it was always when uh, the sex education seminar came around like say i don't know it was probably uh ninth grade my freshman year in high school we talked a little bit about it in seventh and eighth grade but we really focused on it in ninth grade Mm -hmm. and you had to take the uh the little piece of paper home to your parents and uh you're allowed you're allowed to opt out yay or yay or nay Uh Um, i found out that all the kids that were a nay they got ice cream the rest of us had to sit through the (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the, the class huh. but they got ice cream okay and i thought well man you want to be an a <laughs> i want to be a, i wanted to be an a hey. I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out like at, most at, at some, cer- you know at certain ages you prefer the ice cream i guess you know i wanted to be a nay what, what are you talking about anyway but uh just one of those other things to consider as we uh as we find a way to uh, well we aren't finding ways i, I think we're we're in a situation now where there's this line that's been drawn in the sand, okay? Parents are on one side, schools on the other side, but the schools backed up now by not only their attorneys, but uh, the Department of Justice and the and, and the and the FBI. Yeah. <coughs> so that you you challenge them because I was watching a group this morning that uh I believe are protesting, I forgot where it's at, but they're protesting uh, the teaching of critical race theory in the classroom. And so they've automatically been labeled white supremacists. Mm-hmm. They're, they're white supremacists now. But as we've heard, um, Terry McAuliffe said it when he was running for governor in Virginia, uh, that parents should not have as much of a role in their child's education as uh, as they do now. That uh, and, and, and even the head of the Department of Education said that, mm-hmm. made the statement that, Parents' role, a parent's role in their child's education, should not be that great. Well, government or or quasi-government entities want to standardize everything, and parents are kind of this uh, loose cannon that that wants to teach something slightly different. Where the heck have these people been all these years in the past? <laughs> it took somebody to say that mm. you should not have a role that that big of a role in your child's education. It took somebody to come out and say that. Well, they used to be afraid to say that. But they always believe that. Well, but I'm saying, the, the point I'm trying to make is all these parents now that are showing up to the party a little late, you know, where were, where were, all, you, where, where all, where were all of you people in the past? Why, why weren't you this involved in your child's education in the first place? It took somebody to say, you shouldn't be involved as, as closely with your child's education. Uh-huh. And then all the parents go, what? Well, I've I'm kind of probably a little older than you and I've always been I was always involved my, with my kids education exactly we, exactly. Were, we weren't invisible exactly uh, what happened is uh, around the 1960s or so more parents became two parent uh, income earners right 
So you no longer had moms who could stay at home. You no longer had the possibility of that involvement. So we kind of delegated, people delegated to the school system the education of their kids. They're like jackpot. Yeah, and then <laughs> and now they're just learning that they shouldn't have delegated so much. They gave up too much of their of responsibility to the to somebody who doesn't have firsthand care for the children. It is nine o'clock on the Midwest Coast. You're listening to eighty nine point three KEYK Osage Beach, Missouri. We'll take our information break. Come back with Camden County Sheriff Tony Helms on the Daily Show right here on eighty nine point three and or KeyRadio.live. Programming on Key Radio made possible in part through a generous donation from Victoria Station. Misty Atkinson talks about Victoria Station. We carry nautical, contemporary, and traditional type themes in our store in general, but we go into lots of different categories. When you come to Victoria Station, we want you to feel like you've escaped from the world. We want you to come and enjoy the sights, the sounds, the smells, and find that something special to introduce that into your own home. We are located just off the Case Road exit in Osage Beach, and we're open seven days a week, 9.30 to 5.30. Join 89.3 The Key for the True History Professor program featuring Professor Jim Paisley. The national media now is kind of taking advantage of people. They hit you with a, you know, a big headline, and then they don't give you any information behind it. There's no context to it. Problem. And so what I'm going to try and do uh, you know, on a weekly basis with the show is to try and share with you what what were the events, what are the things behind the scenes here, what, what led to this. Professor Paisley takes a look back at history and how it relates to present day events. But we take it on face value without having any knowledge of why. It, well, it's because the news told us. Join Professor Jim Paisley Thursdays and Saturdays at 6 a.m., 2 p.m., and 10 p.m. for the True History Professor Program on 89.3 The Key. with your key radio lake tv sports update for this tuesday college hoops last night saw the mizzou tigers lose at home to kansas city they're one and one on this season now look to bounce back at home against northern illinois on thursday msu bears are one and one they're at home tomorrow against sam houston well the nfl week came to an end last night with the 49ers knocking off the rams how about that chiefs of course won sunday night to move into first place in the division they are six and four on the season and they've got another tough one coming up sunday afternoon as they take on the red hot cowboys and it'll be uh, patrick mahomes looking to stay on a roll as well he comes off his third career game with over 400 yards passing and five touchdown passes in that win over the raiders sunday night new york jets are bad this year real bad they're two and seven they've allowed 175 points in their last four games second most allowed in a four-game span in 51 years they're also the first team to allow 45 points three times in four games in 55 years they're pretty bad 
On the ice, St. Louis Blues home to Phoenix tonight. The Blues in fourth place in the Central Division. College football, number one, Georgia, two, Alabama, three, Oregon, and four, Ohio State. All won last weekend. They look to stay in those top four spots in the college football playoff rankings. Washington has fired their head coach, Jimmy Lake, just his second season. He served a one-game suspension last week for a sideline incident where it was reported that he hit a player. Lake was 7-6 and six as head coach of the Huskies. Mizzou is 5-5 five and five on the season. They've got Florida this weekend. MSU Bears 7-3. and three. They will be on the road to play 0-9 Dixie. State on Saturday. You can watch Lake TV's classic game of the week tonight, 8.30. Again, that's on Lake TV. It's a high school classic game. Local teams from recent years on Lake TV. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Tuesday. Key Radio is financially supported in part by generous giving from Firefly Valley Farms, coffee roasters and beverage solutions. Firefly Valley Farms believes coffee is a big deal. It's their passion. They owned a coffee shop for 11 years and have been roasting coffee since 2006. When you order coffee, they freshly roast it and ship it directly to your home or office and you enjoy. Nothing compares to coffee this fresh. Firefly Valley Farms also takes pride in supporting growers that utilize ethical and sustainable processing practices. In addition to coffee, they have a family-owned and operated fruit orchard nestled at the bottom of Hudson Hollow on the banks of the Little Niangua River in Roach, Missouri. Firefly Valley Farms protects our land, rivers, our bees, and our bodies by using only organic pest management. Learn more online at fireflyvalleyfarms.com. Happy to be the Lake Sounding Board. Community radio for the Lake of the Ozarks. It's 89.3, the key. It is 9.06. Good morning and thank you for joining us. Hour number two of the Daily Show right here on Key Radio. Broadcasting live from the Key Gathering Place on South Business 5 in Camdenton. So just, uh, just letting you know where we're at, what we're doing. 58 degrees on our way to a high today of around 76 76 wonderful degrees. It's going to be a beautiful day to be alive and live at the Lake of the Ozarks. I guarantee you it is a Tuesday, and somewhere somebody is thinking 76 degrees. Well, I'm sure as heck will be out of the water, <laughs> and uh, that's uh, that's no doubt. A few clouds today, uh, increasing clouds tonight with a low of 59, then maybe a good possibility 
of some showers tomorrow. Just showers at this point. Looks like a high of about 64 and a low of around 33. So we'll get away with another reasonably nice day. Uh, before we hit 48 for the high on Thursday and a low of 28. Sunshine, though, Friday 52 with a partly cloudy sky. Partly cloudy on Saturday and 59. 56 with clouds on Sunday. Then Monday's high of 42 and a sunny sky. A week from today, looking at uh, plenty of sunshine and a high of 47 degrees. So get out and enjoy it while it lasts. Whatever you want to do, uh, or maybe what what you need to do versus what you want to do, that's kind of where the scales are, are at at this particular point. Today is more of a day to do what you want to do as opposed to what you need to do. Now, if your boss calls me up and says, I heard, uh, you know, my uh, my employee said it's a do what you want to do day, so he's kind of putting the blame on you. I'll do everything I can to take the heat for you, so not a big deal there. 908 is our time. I'm good like that. I'll you know I'll take the heat once in a while. It's uh, you know if you don't like the heat, no baked biscuits in my kitchen, right? Something like that. Nine oh eight is our time, and uh, our guest is Camden County Sheriff Tony Helms. Good morning to you, sir. Good morning, Kevin. How are you today? I'm doing well. Good to see you, and uh, we appreciate you taking some time to come in. So, as is normally the case, we have an event uh, happen in our county, and it draws a lot of attention, and a lot of people. Uh, think they know what happened versus what uh, actually happened. And so we're going to talk to you a little bit about that today and uh, kind of uh, maybe do away with some of the speculation as far as things go. But um, we could go today, Skelton Tactical in Osage Beach, raided by the ATF, 20 agents, tactical gear. They went in and uh, went through the place with a fine-tooth comb, confiscated all of the weapons. I guess we're still kind of waiting to hear... Uh, as far as the search warrant is concerned, what some of the violations were, we do know that uh, a couple of ATF agents, a man and a woman, went in, purchased some firearms. She filled out the paperwork. He paid for them. We know all of these things to be true at this particular point, plus some other violations, uh, but we're not quite sure what those violations are. From the perspective of the Camden County Sheriff's Department, uh, Let's talk about what happened as far as your involvement on Tuesday. When were you alerted? What were you told? And uh, then maybe we can talk about the ATF's standard operating procedure because Bill actually quoted us uh, some of the regulations, or one of, at least one of the regulations, on how the ATF is supposed to handle itself in certain situations. So I'll, uh, I'll give you the opportunity to jump in here and bring us up to speed. Wow. That was, that was a lot, Kevin. I had <laughs> something to say back on almost everything you said. Now I forgot it. Uh, no, I, I can give you the flat rundown on, on Camden County Sheriff's Department. Uh, I knew nothing about it. Nobody in my department knew anything about it until about 1.15, somewhere between 1.15 130 uh, on that afternoon. Right. Uh, I was in a conference meeting in, in my conference room, and uh, my lieutenant came in, and he goes, I need to talk to you. And I said, uh can we wait? And he goes, no, I need to talk to you now. So we stepped outside, and he informed me that the ATF had just raided Skelton's uh, gun shop, Skelton Tactical. And I'm like, really? <laughs> I said, did, when did we get the heads up? He goes, Tony, we didn't. A few moments, or maybe probably an hour or two later, he gets another call, and he wanted to apologize to the sheriff and say that uh, we didn't want to tell anybody because we didn't want to leak. And uh, I'm like, wow. Uh, I didn't know I was a leak, but okay. Uh, I was kind of frustrated, actually. It, you know, wh where does everybody point the finger at? You know, I'm a big Second Amendment guy. 
But there, there's one thing I do want to point out. I've thought about this a lot. The, uh, the Second Amendment protects each and every one of us on the right to bear arms and, and possess them. Uh, but when you sell guns, this is the only negative thing I'm going to say about that. When you sell guns, you fall under their guidelines. Mm-hmm. You sign contracts virtually with the ATF, with the federal government. This is what you've got to do to get this and that, and you have to do this. I have no idea. They still have not shared anything with me, the ATF. Right. So uh, I have told my people, I've had two people call me up and say, well, did you know? I said, no, did you know that? Or did somebody tell you that? Well, that's what I heard. And I've told my people, keep your nose out of it. I, stop the stupid rumors. I mean, uh, I've heard some crazy stuff that, uh, you know, uh, they were selling 100 guns to some, you know, to to, to somebody to go raid something. I said, guys, stop that. You don't know. Until that thing is unsealed and we read it, that's when we can get into it. But, no, I, I would really like everybody to know we truly – I, did, I told a news reporter this. I said, I can do something most people can't. She goes, what's that? I can lay my hand on the good, Bible, the good holy Bible and swear mm-hmm. I knew nothing about it. And I said, uh, in this case, though, I'm going to tell you. Well, funny, I'm kind of glad they didn't tell me because I don't know what I'd have done. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I, I have no idea why they raided that place. Uh, I will tell you this, personal belief, I don't think – it had anything to do with that that guy and gal going in and buy a gun. Because that's kind of like a, what am I trying to say? Not an infraction, but something that you would get called yeah, in on. Yeah, it's a yeah. minor infraction. Right. They, yeah. they would yeah. issue a notice and they'd ask you, you to respond. Yes, thank you. I, I, that's, that's what I think. So I don't believe that part to be it. There's something else that they think they have or whatever. And I just don't like people <laughs> speculating. You know, I, people think that uh, especially... Uh, Ike and I kind of butt heads because we we agree and believe on the same thing but have different opinions of it, okay? Uh, I, I will never say too much bad about Ike because uh, I'll tell you, on one of the radio stations, he took up for me one time. Yeah, I'll never forget that. Uh, that, that meant a lot to me. You know I mean, they were talking about... You know, some guy called in, Helms doesn't need, need to be sheriff. He's no good. He's got one leg. What can he do up there? And I just stopped him in, <laughs> in their tracks. You know, that's honorable, and I appreciate that. But have that being that as it may, I, I, I don't know why they would do that. They still haven't shared with me. But, fellas, I'll tell you, they don't take that many guns on an infraction. There, there's something there. And I, I will tell you a very brief story. We had a problem that we needed the ATF's assistance on in, in lab-type stuff. Right. I really didn't. The prosecutor wanted it. And so I made some calls, and we were told no. Yeah. So I have a good friend, the federal marshal in this area. He used to have that job. A- and the SAC is a special agent in charge up in Kansas City. And he said, let me hook you two guys up. So I, I did, made contact with him. We talked on the phone for quite a while. Uh, we buried the hatchet. I'm not sure where we buried it. Might have been in my head. I don't know. But uh, he he wanted to believe me. He asked for our copy of the, of the Camden County, you know, SAPA uh, thing. And I said, I'll be happy to send it to you. Well, shortly after that, of course, the state passed theirs. And uh, that was going to be my question to you: Was this before or after Sapa? <laughs> uh, it was. We had ours here, right? And they were working on it in the state, and, and it was really. 
He was giving me lip service. I, I will tell you, I'm not criticizing the man. He, he did. He, he just try, was trying to make things peaceful, I think. And uh, they were still very unsure because his response, according to them, didn't come from them. It came from D.C. A lot of people don't know that. I mean, listen, we, we do this stuff all the time. I, I, you know, citizens think a lot of the cops up there are dummies or something. But, look, it takes a lot of gray matter to do what, what most of those guys do. I I don't do what they do, but uh, when they needed this this help that uh, we just couldn't get it through, and and uh, prosecutor's office was told no, that that came all the way from the top. So we called the FBI, and they said we'll get it for you. Right. But anyway, that's uh, that's kind of where we're at with it. I mean, uh, do I hate the ATF for this? No, I I don't know why. Maybe after I see that thing unsealed and opened you'll get a good opinion from me because I'm right. not afraid to give an opinion. <laughs> I, th I think what's, what's um, frustrating to me as a private person who doesn't know anything about law enforcement right. is that when somebody comes in and takes that kind of an action, you would expect that they would at least open up what the charge is because without saying something about the reason, it causes everybody to speculate. Why did this happen? Sure. Well, I, I, this is on a grand scale, okay? We do the same thing all the time. We'll go in. The thing is, uh, most of the people that we deal with are bad guys, and everybody knows they're bad guys, so nobody questions it. Right. All we have to do is, once we serve that warrant, is leave a return. In other words, tell those people, here's is what we took. I don't really have to tell them of any kind of crime at that point because it may be still under investigation. Why they didn't is beyond me because yeah, it's, it's like if somebody arrested a senator, you'd, you'd kind of want to know why. Yeah, because <laughs> he's you know that's true. No, I, I get it. You know, and and when people ask me, go well, they really can't do that. Oh, wait a minute, stop. It it, it, it you can. Just remember, if you want to sell guns, you have to do it up by their standards. Right. And did they trump it up? I don't know, but I, I think they just. A little bit of muscle flex, maybe. I, I'm not. I don't want to get too speculative in this, a, a, to find out that uh, there, Jim didn't know when there's a gangster or something involved. You know. Well, it's just it's kind of odd. And and and, and let me let me put the pieces together, in 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 I guess more of a speculative sense because we don't know, other than to say they raid a gun shop in a county that initially started up Second Amendment Preservation Act, then it went on to the state. But then, you know, Ike's been kind of a mouthpiece for yes. uh, the Lake Area and Camden County for a long time, and prior to even being in Camden County when he was down in Laclede County. Yeah. And he's very outspoken on his beliefs and how he feels about the U.S. government. Hello. He's very outspoken about his beliefs in the, uh, in the federal government, and, and I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But then all of a sudden, the federal government wants to send some sort of a message, and so... Uh, so what do you do? What do you do, and how do you do it? That was my phone, by the way, oh, um, <laughs> because we're we were waiting to take a phone call here, but I don't know if the caller hung up or not. Uh, I don't have you in the queue, so caller, I'm going to hang up on you, not intentionally, but just to give you an opportunity to uh, to give us a call back there at five seven three six three three fifty three ninety five. But and this is just it's just you know you've got. Uh, You've got somebody who's outspoken against the government, their, their views on the government, transparency, things like that, in a county. And, and, and I think a lot of people have said this. A lot of people uh, have said that they feel like, uh, yeah, 
it's 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 maybe retaliation to some degree. I don't know, but uh, you know, there there you go. I wonder if the if the caller is still with us here this morning. I, this whole thing is kind of scurry on me mm-hmm. here, but let's uh, let's encourage all of the callers. Caller, I I, I encourage you and uh, the previous caller to give us a call back here. I'm sorry, I think I'm, I might have had something uh, in the wrong spot. But uh, anyway, give us a call back. And, and so... Seems like the ATF should understand the optics of it, what it looks like. Right. And be yeah. a little more sensitive to that. Well, people ask me, they go, why do you think they brought all the tactical people down? Well, it's simple. They didn't tell us. They don't need us. They have no idea what they're dealing with. So they bring their own to show the force. Of course, if, of course, if they know, have no idea what they're dealing with, they wouldn't bring the tactical people. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, caller, go ahead and give us a call back again, 573-633-5395. So we're kind of at a, uh, I guess, a standstill in all of this until the warrant is opened and issued and uh, we get to see what's in it, then we'll have a better understanding of, of, of why they did what they did. But at this particular point, you know, they came in, they confiscated all of the firearms, and, and for, for I guess they, they didn't give uh, Jim Skelton, who's the actual owner of Skelton Tactical, any reason why they confiscated all of his firearms, why they took the sticky notes off of his wall. Uh, y- you can imagine that they're going to confiscate computers and things like that that uh, uh, have retained any information. So, you know, it's, it's like at this point, even when they open up the search warrant, it's almost like so after the fact because they've already they've already done what they needed to do and they've already taken what they need to take that's true that's true i yeah i don't know i wish i knew more about this and i will eventually because i i'm gonna make some phone calls but i can tell you right now i'm probably no better at making that phone call to find out simply because you have a federal judge and a federal prosecutor involved so that that's that until that thing's opened it's you're not going to find out anything do I think it's right? No, I'm not sure it's right. Uh, why are they picking on Ike when Jim owns the shops? What I don't understand. Well, and, and there's no, there's no definite, you know, there's no definite that they are indeed picking on him. So um, they did, they didn't seem to understand the situation that Ike was a renter from in the building. They didn't, and what they didn't seem to understand really doesn't make sense in terms of the response because you would think they'd have a complete understanding. Yes. Exactly. And as a lot of people have indicated, couldn't this be a type of situation where someone comes in, maybe an agent, maybe two, they come in, they have the paperwork, and they explain to him, hey, listen, this is what you're up against right now. You know, this is why we're here. You know, uh, we're, we're issuing, issuing you an opportunity uh, to, uh, you know, understand and realize that uh, these are the violations that we have. And, and, you know, can we work this thing out? in a reasonably decent way without having to bring in all of the tactical and, you know, all of the other things that, that came with it. Well, and also you need to remember, even if they had asked me, uh, I'm not going to leave any office hanging <coughs> if they're in danger. However, Sapa says I can't help them. I can't call them to come help me or vice versa. So wh- I don't know what I could have done different. And that's... That's pretty much why you see nothing but ATF doing ATF stuff now. Yeah. Right. Hold on here. But let's see if we can get this. <laughs> this thing's a little screwy sometimes. All right, hold on. Let's see if we can get it to work. 
caller standby. This is uh, now it wants to kind of do its all, kind of wants to do its own thing here. So, thank you, caller, for uh, for trying working with us here. We'll we'll get it squared away. Trust me. Yeah, that's what I don't understand with this thing here. So, all right, now let's try this and see if we can get the caller on the line. We do have. Uh, <laughs> Oh, thank you so much. We'll do that. Caller, are you with us? Let's see here. I do not know what the problem is today. We had everything under control, Bill, or so I thought. Yeah, so how long does it typically take for the for a federal court to, to release this sort of information? Excellent question. I've seen it take quite a while, and, and I've had very little, very little experience with those. Mm-hmm. Uh, some was within a week. Yeah, but uh, uh, to tell I mean, you, you would think it should happen within a day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I I started to say it, something I didn't. It would come out wrong. I, I think they're in the middle of an investigation, and they're just going to look deep, make sure that they have their ducks in a row, because they're going to have to so justify. It's what a little they did. late for that, isn't yes, it? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Huh. Let's see if we've got the caller on the line with us. Caller, are you with us this morning? Broke it. I must have broken it. It's That's a, exactly it's a software I, thing now. Yeah. As is normally the case. Go ahead and continue you, on you with had, the discussion. You had, you had mentioned uh, th- that that's one of the downsides of SAPA, that it kind right. of broke a relationship. Yes. But it begs the question, how do you establish any local authority without having something like SAPA? Well, uh, when you make that law, say what you mean. We don't want you to come and deal with our citizens. We'll do that. Uh, listen, guys. So I'm it should have been a, a more se- a more serious ordinance in a sense. I, I had a, an ATF agent sometime back say that, that uh, was having a civil conversation, and, and he said, why don't they just say what they mean instead of trying to put all this in there? And I said, you know what? That would be great. You know, you can't come in and do me unless I come and ask you for a favor. Mm-hmm. Now, but if you're investigating federal stuff, then that's fine. I, I keep saying that because I want people to understand because I've had phone calls myself. Why didn't you do something? Uh, it was a federal matter dealt with federal people. Uh, I, I'm not cutting either one of the skeletons down, but when they got that license, they had to abide by all those federal laws. They had no choice at that point, uh, like them or not. Yeah. Although so, I mean, but yeah. that, that, that's, that's where I'm not taking up for them, not, not the ATF. I'm just telling you. That's why I keep saying that. So, listen, don't get mad at me because I didn't do something because I can't. I think you're explaining something that's really a um, a deep philosophical question. Oh, it's so deep, Bill. Be- if you fall into it, you're never going to get out. Yeah, because <laughs> because you're sworn to uphold the U.S. Constitution. Correct. The U.S. Constitution says that your right to bear arms cannot be ri- infringed. Right. And Shall not but be but infringed, right. But the ATF is kind of designed to infringe it. Yes. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> I, I don't think I don't well, think they'll ever come into our our homes and stuff, but it's like I was torn. Mm-hmm. That's who regulates the gun shops. It's not me. Yeah, I, but I, there's no there's no way. I, I thought about this a lot over the weekend. There's no way I could do that. Now you think about this: if we want everything to stay state or county, so that means my people have to go in and do those annual or quarterly or whatever checks they do mm-hmm. those are taken uh, uh, they take days 
I don't have that kind of staff. Number two, if we have, uh, when we want to search records, we're only going to search the state because the uh, the feds aren't aren't doing it all. So I'm like, uh, I don't know if we, you know, do we lose that? So if a crime happened in Missouri, but the gun came from, let's say, Tennessee, and they don't want to cooperate with us. Mm-hmm. But as long as the federal government has it, when we run a, ca- uh, a gun that's stolen out of a state, I can check any state and any, uh, any of the uh, Do, territories. Why would I care if the gun came from Tennessee? Trace it back to the person who it came from. Why would you care? Why would I care? It's just like narcotics. We don't, you know, it's not always about the guy that we catch with the dope. It's about the guy that sold it to him, that sold it to him, that sold it to him. Yeah, but the guy who sold it in Tennessee could easily sell it legally. But maybe he didn't. But then you wouldn't have the trace. <laughs> but maybe, maybe the maybe the uh, firearm right? was mean, used for <laughs> nefarious purposes, like uh, yeah, the guy I mean, used it to commit a murder. So you trace the firearm to who it goes back to. That way, maybe you can catch the person who committed the crime. Yes. Yeah. Well, we've all sold weapons, firearms. I've sold weapons, firearms privately. I don't have to do Me any too. kind of uh, no. registration or no. background check or anything. Um. So that person now has a gun that was registered to me at some point. If he decides to go rogue and, and commit murder, that's not my it's responsibility. Not but what if it and was And they a could trace act. it back to me. But what if we found out later on that maybe Bill was involved in the criminal act there when this happened and, and he was trying to help this guy go kill this man? Uh, that's, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's needle in a haystack. But in law enforcement, we'll take that. We need to grab hold something so we can keep working to keep the thing going and open. For example, uh, the Lacocious case. You know, I mean, if we couldn't go outside the boundaries of Missouri, they'd have never solved that case. Uh, yeah, no. In, in, to a, obviously, other states in a murder case would probably cooperate. But, but we're getting kind of beyond the pale. You're right. Yes, right, sure. right now, the federal law is a federal agency that right. regulates this kind of stuff. Well, but... You, you There's got to be a way though. to resist. It's kind of like, you know, I c- my parents moved here from Germany. And they, m- they moved here right about the time Hitler was taking over and the, and the Gestapo, Gestapo was being established. Mm-hmm. And the Gestapo never needed to justify anything. They could just run into somebody. You just answered your own question, Bill. What? You just answered your own question. Yeah. Federal government's going to do whatever the federal government wants to do. Yeah, despite if it steps on the Constitution. If it, 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 That's the point. I mean... Let's go back to let's go back to uh, I'll, I'll use Roger Stone again as the basis for what they went to this man's house with what tact, guys in tactical gear they had the amphibious unit waiting yeah. the federal government I I don't care what anything says on paper okay that's the point that we need to get beyond the federal government's going to do whatever the federal government wants to do uh, Clive and Bundy uh, a lot of these other people that yeah. they have basically found a way around. And, and I'm sure before they get into it too heavily, they say, well, first off, let's have something over here that we can use to justify what we're doing, yeah. okay? Regardless if it's constitutional or not, we're doing it under the guise of safety. Right. We're doing it for mm-hmm. the children. We're doing it for this reason or that reason. So to sit here and try to rationalize it, federal government's going to do what federal government wants to do. Yeah. We see it every time. Yes, I agree with you, but I'm not trying to rationalize. What's different about America is we have states and local governments that are autonomous. They're supposed to be sovereign states. And the states have an obligation to protect its citizens 
if the federal government is what you say, if they've gone rogue, if they've become the, the Gestapo, we, we need to protect our citizens. They became, they became rogue back when they passed the Patriot Act. Okay. And everybody was all about it. We were, we the citizens were jumping up and down. Hey, this is going to stop something like this from happening because it's patriotic. Because it says it's the Patriot <laughs> Act. It's the yes. name, and but everybody was, everybody was. Oh yeah, let's do that. Sure, we'll we'll let we'll let the government uh, tap your phone if they feel as though it might uh, keep uh, you yeah. know a terrorist threat from from happening, or maybe even expose a terrorist threat. Yeah, but what Tony is very rightfully hitting on is this tension that exists between protecting citizen rights but still deferring to the federal government as the licensing authority. Right. And it just doesn't really fit. I mean, it's uh, right now, <laughs> it doesn't matter if you like, love, or hate. Yeah. If you're going to buy a gun from a gun store, you're going to go through a NICS check. You're going to get uh, all the paperwork out. And what people don't understand, and I teach concealed carry classes, but what they don't understand is said, read those questions. Because some of them says if you, if you were in a mental hospital for whatever reason, you know, for two days, mm -hmm. you know, have you ever been mentally incapacitated? You know, I mean, it, <laughs> you're lying. And even though you think you're okay now, uh, you need to make sure you read those questions because that just gives them more outreach to grab you. Uh, I, I don't, <laughs> I really don't think it's a, it is a huge problem. Right. Gentlemen, I'm going to jump in. We need to take our information break at the bottom of the hour here, and then we'll come back and talk more with Canberra County Sheriff Tony Helms. And uh, we appreciate you listening to us on The Daily Show. Programming on Key Radio made possible in part through a generous donation from Victoria Station. Misty Atkinson talks about Victoria Station. We carry nautical, contemporary, and traditional type themes in our store in general, but we go into lots of different categories. When you come to Victoria Station, we want you to feel like you've escaped from the world. We want you to come and enjoy the sights, the sounds, the smells, and find that something special to introduce that into your own home. We are located just off the Case Road exit in Osage Beach, and we're open seven days a week, 9.30 to 5.30. Join 89.3 The Key for the True History Professor program featuring Professor Jim Paisley. The national media now is kind of taking advantage of people. They hit you with a, you know, a big headline, and then they don't give you any information behind it. There's no context to it. Problem. And so what I'm going to try and do uh, you know, on a weekly basis with the show is to try and share with you what what were the events, what are the things behind the scenes here, what, what led to this. Professor Paisley takes a look back at history and how it relates to present day events. But we take it on face value without having any knowledge of why. It, well, it's because the news told us. Join Professor Jim Paisley Thursdays and Saturdays at 6 a.m., 2 p.m., and 10 p.m. for the True History Professor Program on 89.3 The Key. I'm 
Chris Schneider with your key radio Lake TV sports update for this Tuesday. College Hoops last night saw the Mizzou Tigers lose at home to Kansas City. They're 1-1 one one on the season. They'll look to bounce back at home against Northern Illinois on Thursday. MSU Bears are 1-1. One one. They're at home tomorrow against Sam Houston. Well, the NFL week came to an end last night with the 49ers knocking off the Rams. How about that? Chiefs, of course, won Sunday night to move into first place in the division. They are 6-4 and four on the season, and they've got another tough one coming up Sunday afternoon as they take on the Red Hot Cowboys. And it'll be uh, Patrick Mahomes looking to stay on a roll as well. He comes off his third career game with over 400 yards passing and five touchdown passes in that win over the Rams. Sunday night. New York Jets are bad this year, real bad. They're 2-7. and seven. They've allowed 175 points in their last four games, second most allowed in a four-game span in 51 years. They're also the first team to allow 45 points three times in four games in 55 years. They're pretty bad. On the ice, St. Louis Blues home to Phoenix tonight. The Blues in fourth place in the Central Division. College football, number one, Georgia, two, Alabama, three, Oregon, and four, Ohio State. All won last weekend. They look to stay in those top four spots in the college football playoff rankings. Washington has fired their head coach, Jimmy Lake, just his second season. He served a one-game suspension last week for a sideline incident where it was reported that he hit a player. Lake was 7-6 and six as head coach of the Huskies. Mizzou is 5-5 five and five on the season. They've got Florida this weekend. MSU Bears 7-3. and three. They will be on the road to play 0-9 Dixie State on Saturday. You can watch Lake TV's classic game of the week tonight, 8.30. Again, that's on Lake TV. It's a high school classic game. Local teams from recent years on Lake TV. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Tuesday. Key Radio is financially supported in part by generous giving from Firefly Valley Farms, coffee roasters and beverage solutions. Firefly Valley Farms believes coffee is a big deal. It's their passion. They owned a coffee shop for 11 years and have been roasting coffee since 2006. When you order coffee, they freshly roast it and ship it directly to your home or office and you enjoy. Nothing compares to coffee this fresh. Firefly Valley Farms also takes pride in supporting growers that utilize ethical and sustainable processing practices. In addition to coffee, they have a family-owned and operated fruit orchard nestled at the bottom of Hudson Hollow on the banks of the Little Niangua River in Roach, Missouri. Firefly Valley Farms protects our land, rivers, our bees, and our bodies by using only organic pest management. Learn more online at fireflyvalleyfarms.com. We're happy to be the Lake Sounding Board community radio for the lake of the ozarks it's 89.3 the key all right we welcome you back daily show 61 degrees on our way to a high of 76 it is a beautiful day at the lake our guest is camden county sheriff tony helms and we do have a caller on the line caller i uh, appreciate you taking the time to uh, join us here this morning and thank you for uh, listening to key radio what's on your mind well um First of all, I just want to say I, I've seen a lot of stuff from people online about this ATF raid, and I just want to caution people, you know. There's, there's just a lot of rhetoric out there about, I don't know, forming a militia, 
telling the feds to pound sand, blah, 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 blah. I, I look at that as what they call LARPing, which is live action role playing. Um, I, I think these people aren't really thinking through what they're saying. One, to me, uh, it's never going to happen. It's an impossibility. It's, it's dumb to even talk about. But number two, I mean, you know, it just further gets you on some kind of a list of being anti-government. I, you know, yeah, the federal government sucks. Um, they do a lot of stuff that we don't agree with. But I am <laughs> not naive enough to believe that little old Camden County is going to do anything against the federal government. Now, that being said, there is a movement called the uh, Constitutional Sheriffs. Um, and I've seen there have been instances where the sheriffs have told the uh, FDA, for instance, that they're not going to come in and harass farmers for selling raw milk. And, and the sheriff wrote them a letter saying, if you're in my county uh, harassing my citizens, I will arrest you. Um, and supposedly they haven't been back since. There is some pushback that can be had um, as the sheriff, as local law enforcement, because at the end of the day, um, the sheriff is the highest law enforcement in this county. I mean, he's he's the man at the end of the day, right? And, and it's really the only um, law enforcement that, that I would say is subject to the voters. It's the most direct representation we have in law enforcement is the sheriff you know chief of police is hired uh, all these other people are appointed or you know hired by the federal government whereas the sheriff is actually elected and answers to the public so i think that there is some things that the sheriff could do in regards to that and that you know the sapa act we were talking about that earlier um the there's a there's a clause in there where it's the bill establishes the second amendment preservation act which declares that laws rules orders or any other actions that collect data restrict or prohibit manufacture ownership use of firearms blah 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 the thing about the background check system that didn't come about until i think it was the 90s in the brady act uh pushed through by bill clinton we never had background checks before that and What's, well, I always crack up. I hear people say, oh, the government's going to start uh, registration of firearms owners. What do you think that background check did? That background check exactly. is a de facto registration of firearms owners. Yes, it is. And at any point, yeah, I mean, it, it, when you buy a gun, you get a spent shell casing. Um, I, I've always assumed they, they keep the ballistics, they keep um, you know, data on that gun and your serial number and everything else is filed with that background check and can be picked up at any point. So, I mean, we already have a national registration of firearms. Um, that's, that's done. We're already there. So, uh, without doing away with that system, I don't, I don't see how anybody can, can get away from that. Now they've oftentimes, you know, you hear the Democrats talk about universal background checks. And that is one of the most scary proposals in the world to me, because that means that if I want to sell a gun to you, KB, and I don't get a background check for you, even though I know you're not a felon, you're able to have a gun, everything else, I could be getting my door kicked in the same way that Ike Skelton Taxville did. 
Um, so that's a path that I really hope we don't ever go down. And if we do go down, I hope that our state and I hope that other states uh, band together and say, no, no, enough's enough. You've already done this background check stuff, which, look, everybody knows you can pass a background check today and then turn around tomorrow and snap and, and hurt somebody. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. It doesn't stop anything. To me, the only thing it's done is give the government authority over firearms dealers, which in turn makes them able to restrict who can and who can't sell. They can kind of control the supply. And it also, like I said, creates a uh, national firearms registry uh, by default. But also, Biden put out something in June talking about how the ATF was going to work with local governments, local sheriffs, local law enforcement to target dealers. And basically, they said that, you know, local law enforcement can clue them in on the people who are dealing in firearms. And, and I do hope that Tony didn't have anything to do with this, because at the end of the day, this paperwork stuff, like you all have said, it's an infraction. Find me a victim. There, there is no victim to this. Um, you know, so it, it's just one of those laws that just seems overburdensome. And um, maybe maybe the answer is, I don't know if it'll ever happen in our Congress, but I'd like to see the Brady Bill completely revoked. Uh, obviously, again, I think that's a good luck situation. Like, yeah, I don't see it happening. Um, but that would be something we could be advocating for instead of people saying, well, you know, kick the federal government out of Camden County. Yeah, good luck with that. Um, so anyways, that's all. Thank all right, you. Caller, thank you for the phone call. Appreciate it this morning. And uh, now that you know, our phone system is actually working. Hello, everybody. There you go. Hello. Any thoughts, uh, Tony, on what the caller had to say there? Uh, no, I thought it was pretty Pretty good, what he said. Uh, it's it's true. However, I will tell you, there is a national registry like that. But once you buy the gun from somebody that had to do that, you could sell it to me. I can sell it to Bill. Bill can sell it to somebody on the street out here, and it, it's washed. Right. Uh, however, what the ATF's job is is to track that gun from the factory to the retailer. Right. And that's that's where you come in with this ATF stuff with uh, Skelton Tactical. Uh, that's my opinion, okay, because I, the only time we've ever used them is when we called them. I mean, they were in here. Is when we called them to come in. They'll come in and investigate. They'll they'll talk to us like, hey, we found this guy's got this many guns, and they were used in this kind of a crime, and we would like to go out and talk to him. Right. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. But that that was pretty much a mouthful of what he said. I I, I, I agree with a lot of it. Do you, do you know how it works when I um – a uh, firearms dealer sells a used gun. They might get it on consignment or whatever. Or still has to go through that same thing. It doesn't. Co- it doesn't trace back to the manufacturer no necessarily. No, it does not. So well, it I, does I say it doesn't. I don't it, think it, it does. It, it, it may not, because somebody might have bought it privately through a private sale and it broke the chain. So I assume that they would sell the gun to a firearms dealer the dealer would be buying it from a private citizen and then reselling it how often does that happen you think though somebody goes in I th- I most people go into like a pawn shop to sell their guns right mm-hmm. does it do you go to the firearms do you do you walk into a uh, a gun shop and say hey i'd like to sell you this gun what will you give me for it skelton, skelton yeah. sells used guns or yeah. i know he did yeah uh, i just say most of your most of, of your 
gun shops, large quantity of the of the of the sales are used. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, people like to upgrade. I don't like this gun. I don't like that gun. You know, so I, I don't really. I don't know. It would be tough to, like you said. To right. Let's take another phone it. call. Caller, go ahead. You're on uh, on the uh, on the key uh, on the Daily Show. Uh, yes, uh, I just wanted to say to the sheriff, um, I like Ike Skelton. I have defended him numerous times over, you know, people saying he shouldn't be the sheriff and things like that. He was elected, so he he, he definitely is. Um, but I wanted to make a number of points. Number one, this is a good example, in my view, of why we cannot ever allow universal background checks, because what they did to Jim Skelton, they could simply do to any person who sells a firearm, because you would be required follow those same rules that allegedly Jim didn't follow and then they would be uh, using these this assault team on your house and so I have to say to the sheriff um, there are a couple things that that bother me number one I don't believe that these alleged minor whatever against Jim Skelton warranted 15 or 20 people in tactical gear uh, doing what they did to me that is way overboard uh, and I think it's those are intimidation tactics that they used. That's number one. The second thing that bothers me is there, there's a lot about law enforcement about what what to do and what not to do, and the sheriff knows this, but just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do it. Mm. So, you know, yeah, maybe the warrant gave them justification to take all those firearms, but should they have taken all of those and all of the records and everything else that went along with it? To me, it's a fishing expedition. And it would be like, let's say, Key Radio or some other radio station made some sort of an FCC violation. Would that justify the FBI coming in and taking all of your radio equipment and putting you out of business? Um, you have to start looking at people as people instead of investigative objects. I don't believe the federal government does that. And then the final piece to this is, I don't know what all the ATF knows. None of us do. But we do know, according to Jim, that uh, one of the things that they were there for is the fact that they had sent in two undercovers, a female and a male. And allegedly, they were a couple. She filled out the paperwork, and the husband paid for the firearm. This happens every single day in America, because when you're a couple, your finances are one. So the lady fills out the paperwork. She's the owner of the firearm. The husband pays for it. That happens all the time. She committed a crime. She committed a crime by lying on that form, by saying she was the buyer when she was not. Do we want a society where law enforcement lies and commits crimes in order to catch people allegedly committing crimes. We can't allow that. We, we need a state law or a local ordinance that says if you committed a crime in order to entrap someone else into a crime, then you are guilty of a crime and you should be prosecuted. We have to put a stop to that. It's unethical and it shouldn't be done. And that's all I've got to say. Caller, appreciate it. Thanks for chiming in here with us this morning. Thanks. What do you think, Tony? Well, I, good, some good points. Uh, the the bottom line is just like we've talked all morning. Let's everybody put the brakes on. Let's let's wait and see what's unsealed, and then kind of go after them. I mean, I I don't. I agree. It's an infraction. I I can't believe we would in, we would employ that much assets, mm-hmm. to go do something like that. That just doesn't make sense to me. 
Well, we're we're in radio. We can't be quiet. Ah. It makes for odd radio. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I'm trying to choke <laughs> off. I mean, I I got a lot of people as friends and law enforcement that want to throw out opinions, and I just told them, I said, look, this is very volatile. Wait till you know something. Quit yeah. speculating. Truly, the only way it could be justified is if there's something beyond what was mentioned already. Absolutely. Th what they've done, mentioned for, that is that is not, no, never should have happened. But uh, like I say, is if they had, uh, which, by the way, we was talking about those checks. You guys know or remember uh, uh, back in the late 80s, early 90s, you had to go to the sheriff's department and get a permit to purchase every gun. Right. I mean, as a law enforcement officer in 1991, I'll never forget this. That was the last gun I actually purchased through a manufacturer. I had to get a permit. <laughs> and I was like, this doesn't make sense. You know, I'm the guy that's enforcing, supposed to be enforcing this, but I got to get a permit too. But it really was not a permit to, for you to buy a gun. It was a permit to purchase the gun. But what happened there? The, the, the federal government got the same information that they're trying to get now. So we finally did away with that. Plus, they charged you $10. I was tickled to death to see that go away and wait three days. And, and the first caller's talking about doing away with the Brady Bill. You know, I, I don't like a lot of stuff that come out of that. It's just like our, our Second Amendment Preservation Act. I am so for that. But it's like any bill that's ever went through the House or the Senate somebody has put some of their favor into it because it's such a positive thing and it's going to pass. You, you follow me? Right, here? right. And, and I'm telling you, some things got put in there that I, that ATF agent said it perfectly. If you don't want us to go in your home and, and take guns, then you should have said that. And I said, well, I think they did. <laughs> but I, I get his point, you know. Sometimes when we do this, everybody, some senator wants this put in there and this representative wants this put in there, and they want to do that so it'll pass. So, you know, they take and, and, and tag on to it. And that's where I get it. I mean, there, there's more good than there is bad. I, I get that way more. Well, I think in all of this, you know, you, you mentioned some things there. I think uh, red flag laws, something else that right, uh, have like to that. be interpreted into all of this. Uh, castle doctrine, stand your ground. All of these things have got to be looked at from the individual perspective. Now, you know, you're talking about uh, uh, certainly with, with, with the red flag laws, and, and, and uh, you know, on the surface, you can see what it is that they're trying to do. They're trying to keep people from being harmed or killed because uh, maybe somebody has a bad day, uh, things aren't working, uh, you know. I, but these are the things that we have to truly look at. We have to, and, and, and I think that you make an interesting point. Maybe we need, and, and this is something that's always happened, though, maybe we need to be more direct in how we, we want things. You know, it, it, maybe if, if, if we leave the do door too wide open, that's where there's all of the room and the means for interpretation. I so agree. You, 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 you be as specific as you can possibly be, but then you said it yourself, a representative wants to add this on, somebody wants to add this on, and you take, you take the basic issue and you turn it into something that's extremely watered down because everybody has got their finger in the pie. I think they're also kind of thinking, well, we couldn't really just put in a law that the ATF is not allowed. Because there's no, you, how do you enforce that law? Well, there's no, <laughs> there should be no ATF in the first place. Well, yeah, That's I, what it boils down to. 
because we, we talked about this with Ike. Sure. And there's nothing mm. in the Constitution that even remotely says that there's any room for a group like the uh, ex- the ATF. It's exactly the opposite. It says the the right to bear arms shall not be infringed. Exactly. There's no room for the ATF. But there it is. But there they are. And there's nothing you can and do in state law that says it can't be. What we have to do. <laughs> what we have to do is we have to go back and we have to look at why the ATF was c- created in the first place. And was it was it something that was proactive or was it something that was retroactive? Reactive. Uh, reactive. Yeah. I'm sorry. Reactive. It, Absolutely. It, it was see, when it was when Reagan was shot, right? Um, that I was the, the Brady AT- bill, wasn't the, the Brady that, bill? That was the Brady <laughs> bill, <laughs> yeah. but the ATF was around long before that, yeah. okay. because I had an uncle who served here in the state, in the state version of the ATF, okay. and uh, the thing about it is, similar to the Patriot Act, there was, uh, there, there was a, an event that occurred, and so we reacted to that event, and we didn't think about all the things that could happen down the road, all of those unintended consequences, uh-huh. but how can you create something and have a crystal ball that allows you to see those sorts of things. Right. So, you know. Um, so you have I, to go back and fix it. I don't think the Founding Fathers had a crystal ball when they came up with the Constitution. I don't think they had a crystal ball when they came up with the Declaration of Independence. They had an idea of what they wanted and how things, uh, how they hoped things would go down the road. Now, uh, we the people might have been a little bit more, hey, you, you weren't working with masses of people like you are today. I mean, there were a lot of people around, but not, not to the extent of what we're dealing with today. And, 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 and people don't pay attention, and people don't get involved, and these sorts of things happen. I mean, I would think that this community should be outraged. We should be demanding some sort of an explanation from the head of the ATF. Now, I called them, and they never called me back. You weren't even alerted to their presence in the first place, and so you're in line with all the rest of us waiting to hear some sort of an explanation. And so they go in, they raid the gun, they raid Jim's gun shop, they take all of his weapons, all of his computers, they have everything right now. And between the time they conducted the raid, and I'm sure probably long before that, they've had enough time to to justify it, and then when the search warrant comes out, there will be all the justification. And so they've had everything that they've needed in order to make this all happen. And so they can come out and say whatever they want to say at this point. Yeah. Well, I, I mean. Uh, yeah, I, I, I get all Seems that. pretty obvious to me. Yes, yes. I, I Man, I, I tell you, you, you put a lot of stuff out there. I'm trying to reel some of it and back. You've only got about uh, two and a half, three minutes. Three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks, Kevin. I appreciate that. <laughs> No, I, I I get all that, you know, and I I think that uh, sometimes they do overreach. But I don't. Here's my thing: What if we had been working something? Okay, let's just take some fantasy time, okay, folks. This is not what happened. This is me making this up. But let's say that Jim was as crooked, and we knew that, and we were working something on that, and we were going to his contact. Well, the ATF comes in and does theirs. There's no deconfliction there, right? So we're both doing our thing, and I'm like, well, you don't think I'm not going to be mad now? I mean, <clears throat> we need to work together. If they're going to do stuff like this, they're going to—they're not going to gain any popularity from anybody. That's just the way it is. You can't just keep going in. And, and like I said, I'm being—I'm trying not to get you know ahead or behind here. If there's something more there, I wish we could find out quick. If there's not, shame on them. That yeah. was—that was wrong. Well, now I also understand that they 
made it a point to maybe let some of the other gun shops in the area know that they were uh, they were around, or did they send representatives to other gun shops as well to kind of talk to them a little bit? That's something that I had heard through the grapevine, but they, I, I don't think so. I, they 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 do a a sweep in this area to to check all over. Right. I, I do know that they were uh, out at a gun shop that I frequent. They were there. I was like, oh, who are these people? It's ATF. Mm-hmm. They're actually the people that go in and they check and make sure. But were they in tactical gear? And no. And no, see, no. there you go. That's what I'm saying. There you go. Yeah. Well, we've got uh, about a minute left, and in that time, uh, at this point, what is the Sheriff's Department's uh, position? You're just going to hold on until you know something and then uh, and, and then go from there. Yeah, we're going to make some phone calls, but I'm, I'm trying to stay with facts. You know, I have speculation. I have got some of my own ideas that I shared with you. Uh, that's, that's, that's not something we should be doing in law enforcement, okay? We should be dealing with nothing but facts. So I have a phone number that I'm going to call uh-huh. once I hear what it is, and I'm going to explain something to them. Uh, you're in my county. I understand you have a job to do. I understand it's, it's federal stuff. But please don't do that again without notification. Right. Because I was told that <coughs> I didn't hear this from my own ears, so that uh, they didn't want any leaks. Right. 